0: It's that time of the day, it's the 4th Street Sports Show, let's get it.
1: Welcome back to 4th Street Sports Show, I'm your host, Dima Mixon, here on this beautiful Thursday afternoon here live in College Hall. It's just me today, believe it or not, it's just yours truly, Dima Mixon behind the mic. We're just going to be talking to you today about a little baseball. We're going to hit these rapid fire questions. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball obviously um, today, um, but I hope everyone is doing well. Um, Jackson, Charlie, Austin, Nathan, all had uh, different different things to attend to this afternoon. So it's just going to be me behind the mic today. I hope uh, everybody's having a great uh, well, well, right now it's Thursday, but you'll be hearing this on Friday morning. So I hope everyone's having a great Friday morning, getting geared up for Southern Miss versus Georgia Southern here this weekend at uh, Pete Taylor Park. Uh, Pete Taylor Park hosting Georgia Southern for actually the second time. Something I didn't know, Southern Miss actually played them back uh, in 2000 and 2019, uh, in, in I believe it was, um, when Southern Miss welcomed them back uh, uh, there. Um, you know, I think that a uh, 2018 season, excuse me, um, I want to get into baseball, but I want that to be kind of the focus of the podcast. So, um, I want to hit some rapid fire questions first. Uh, but first, you know, I just got done playing a nice game of softball and it's just a beautiful day. I think I actually got burned on my right arm, left arm, <laughs> like sunburn. So that was pretty tough, but, uh, I hope that, I hope that everyone is enjoying this nice weather we're having. I think it's supposed to get pretty nasty this weekend. Southern Miss Baseball actually changed their schedule. Uh, We're actually going to have a game at 4 p.m. tomorrow afternoon afternoon, uh, against Georgia Southern. And then Saturday and Saturday we have back-to-back doubleheader games starting at 1 p.m. So uh, let's jump into these rapid-fire questions that our listeners have sent in. And we will start with talking a little bit about basketball. The last time you heard us was Monday. We had on the Basketball Strength and Conditioning Coach. We talked a little bit about the NIT tournament. We didn't talk a lot about it, but um, St. Gregory the Great asks, why did we drop so dramatically at the end of men's basketball? And then secondly, why didn't we get picked for the WNIT? And I I think it's a couple of things, St. I mean, I think that when you remember the basketball season, right, when, when, when they got to that, um, Louisiana game on February 9th All momentum was on Southern Miss's side, right? It seemed like there's no way, there's no way they lose this game, right? I mean, I remember telling Charlie and Nathan that when we were headed to the to the to the stadium, like, man, this is just a great game for Southern Miss. They're going to sell this thing out. Um, there's no way they could they could lose. There's no way that um, Louisiana is going to come in here and take this momentum from from them. But a few of us on that podcast, if you remembered picked Louisiana to beat Southern Miss that night. Um, it, it wasn't that we were confident necessarily that Southern Miss was better than Louisiana. While they were on a hot streak, you felt like if they took that hot streak away, some teams might get them. And that's kind of what happened after that game. I mean, right after that game, they played, um, I can't if it was Texas State or, hmm, I don't remember, but it was some team who they probably should have beaten pretty handily. And obviously it took them a minute to get started there. Against that team, um, but they 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 came out and won that game. But I mean, you know, they they won that game. They won on the road against Old Dominion, and or maybe they dropped the Old Dominion matchup. But regardless, they had a couple of road games. They had a couple of tough games, and then losing Neftali, man, just losing that element to the backcourt to the front court, losing that element to um, to the team. I mean, it really was a, a part of the team that really. Gave them a spark. Um, he liked to come off the bench after uh, Crowley was kind of having some difficulty getting on the court. That they, that I mean, excuse me, Mo was having some difficulty getting on the court. Uh, they they'd start him in that position, and once he started too, he was a force out there. But just the spark he gave to the team, it, it just really was something. When they didn't have that, it wasn't the same team. And when you're playing March basketball and you're playing a South Alabama team that really matches up your big one, your big guys big. Uh, I mean, I mean, good, right? So South Alabama isn't a, isn't a team that's going to come in and just bow down to Felipe jose It's not a team that's just going to come in and bow down to DeAndre Pickney. They have those guys there to kind of take them out. So now you need um, you need Mo, you need Austin, you need uh, your players to hit shots um, to to get and uh, to get and Denaje Harris to get uh, buckets for you from the front court rather than the uh the inside cuz that just wasn't going to happen against South Alabama. So when you look at it that way, um it, it is hard it is easy to see how that drop off happened. Once you take away their big men, Southern Miss just wasn't a good offensive team all season, right? They just weren't I mean, they had their moments, but they weren't a consistently good three-point shooting team all season. They weren't a consistently good Uh, offensive team all season they really relied on those big men Felipe had big games DeAndre had big games Crowley had big games but really throughout this down the stretch Crowley didn't really play up to his level either and when you have all those elements coming into play you really start you can just get beat but I also really do think that the the draw that Southern Miss got in the postseason was brutal man I mean golly playing South Alabama the hottest team in the Sun Belt right out of the gate I mean to open play uh, Jay Liner said it They they just got there On Thursday They had to play Saturday They owned, That was the, When they ran up there Out there for warm ups um, That was the first time That Southern Miss Had even shot on that court Right And, and South Alabama Had been there since uh, Since Tuesday Because uh, they played On Wednesday Or Thursday Something like that But they, they've been out there Shooting on that court And Southern Miss Had just gotten on that court They weren't really In the flow of things They hadn't played in a week um, So a lot of things kind of elemented into that. And then they had to wait another week and a half to even figure out where they're going to play the NIT tournament. And once they figured that out, I mean, you got to go on the road and play a team who was picked to win the Conference USA, um, not, take, not taking anything away from what FAU did. I mean, FAU is uh, in a good position right now. They're in the Sweet 16. So, But, you know, it's just tough because you, you play on the road against a Conference USA opponent who's like – historically had your number to be honest um and I, I mean so I don't know if I'd necessarily label it as a drop-off rather than they just got kind of cold in the, out from the outside at the wrong time and they just had a horrible tough draw um for for the postseason play I mean you you would hope to play you know Arkansas State or ULM as the one seed in the Sun Belt tournament right that, that that you were able to beat twice in the season and uh, and you're able to uh, kind of get that first one under your belt before you go play a team like South Alabama. So I don't necessarily think it was a drop off rather than um, the flaws when the team were exemplified when they played opponents who could um, really, you know, bring out those flaws in the team. So now for the second question, why didn't they get picked for the WNIT? Well, the NIT selects, um, it's an automatic bid for the regular season champion. Okay, so the regular season champion, uh, for for Southern Miss women's ba- for women's basketball in the Sun Belt was a three way tie between James Madison, Texas State, and Southern Miss. Right. So since James Madison won the tournament and they went to the NCAA tournament, uh, and since it's a three way tie, Texas State is the last is the highest remaining seed as conference champions. So they got the automatic bid to... Um to uh to the to the n i t so southern miss would have to been in an at large bid which is really hard to do when you're a mid major conference and uh with nothing to show in the uh in the uh games played there for southern miss where they were able to um you know come into f- fruition with that but regardless great season for the women's basketball great season for the men's another thing about the men's too is like u a b that's a good basketball team, man. I mean, they're they're going to Vegas. They're in the Final Four for NIT. So, you know, I, I think that when you see it as a drop-off, it's obviously disappointing. But don't take away from what those kids did, man. I mean, nobody thought – nobody, 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 nobody. And we said this over and over again, and, I, and I've said this over and over and over again. Nobody, nobody thought that Southern Miss basketball would be standing there on an NIT court. And just be honest with yourself. I mean – Nobody thought that coming from a 7-26 season you thought that maybe they could break 500 you know they might can make beat knock off a big team or something that's about it but this team went 15 and 0 at home right they went 15 and 0 at home they sold out Reed Green Coliseum which if you would have told me that when we were there for William Carey on the first night I would have looked at you and said, man, you need to go do something. I don't know. Go back to school. I don't know. You know, not being, I'm not being critical of Southern Miss basketball. It's just an unbelievable turnaround. It's one of the be- best turnarounds in basket in NCAA history. So when you look at it that way, don't, don't think of it as a drop-off, right? Think of it as a great season and two tough teams that just had their number. And it's tough. They would have loved to have gone to the NCAA tournament, gone to the big dance to see kind of where they would have stayed, kind of where they would have sat. But that's just not what happened. And uh, so Southern Miss basketball season is over. Um, We're going to try to... Probably end there with basketball talk. We, we may have, uh, spoiler warning, we might have Coach Ladner on the show soon, uh, maybe to talk about some off-season work. A lot of people have been asking about uh, Southern Miss men's basketball recruiting. Uh, we've heard a little bit. We don't want to say anything yet, uh, but we've heard a little bit, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely push along that info once we have it um, uh, coming to you. Um, and we'll'll we'll, we'll just look for our look on our Twitter look on uh, our website and we'll get that out to you as soon as uh, we're, we're ready to and as soon as uh, we're, we're able to release that stuff so blue bonnet Williams ask any rumors on the basketball scheduling next year we obviously have to play better non-conference opponents to get any postseason consideration well I don't necessarily agree with that I mean yes to be an at large you know you want some, Good non-conference opponents, but they were in for the postseason this season. I know everybody wants the double tournament, but man, it's it, it, it's gonna be hard to get two um sun Belt teams in the instant double tournament. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I mean, I know that nobody likes it. nobody likes it that way, and I get it. like I, I do. like I feel you. I understand that. I understand that nobody likes it that way. I understand that, you know that you know, it's all it's kind of not fair. I mean, uh, the the talent in the Sun Belt basketball right now is really widespread. I mean, basically any team can win any night, uh, and any team who uh, who is able to play to their expertise, it can knock off. I mean, that's with basketball, anyways, right? That's that, that's basketball in a nutshell. If if you're gonna play up to your opponent, you're gonna be able to knock them off at the end of the day, and so. Um, but, but, the, but the, the talent dispersity within the Sun Belt men's basketball, you know, South Alabama being the eighth seed and coming a, a rim out from going to the NCAA tournament kind of shows that. But it's just really hard to get that at large bit for a mid-major conference. And I know that sucks, and I know that that's terrible, and I know that nobody likes that, nobody wants to hear that. I, I understand that. I understand the fans' pain there. But that's just the bottom line. So I don't know necessarily if you would want to schedule non-conference opponents. You just want to get hot at the right moment. You just want to make sure you get – all your team together and get ready to play for that Sunbelt tournament. Just make the Sunbelt tournament and get in to play. Um, now, yes, you want... But because right now, and, and if you're selling or miss, the conference schedule is the most important thing for them. If they can get a regular season title, they're going to the NIT, right? And then if they do well in the Sunbelt tournament, they'll go to the, to the Big Dance. I, I think it's more unrealistic for Southern Miss to get into the NCAA tournament than a lot of people think. Like it, it's just really hard. For I think a great example is Conference USA, right? Conference USA seemed to be a two-bid league, right? With FAU at 31 and three, and then UAB. Uh, just a really great basketball team, as I've already mentioned. I mean, there, there was multiple teams in the in the Conference USA who could probably compete with uh, some of these teams that we're seeing in the NCAA competing right now. I mean, Princeton in the Sweet 16, and then you have FAU in the Sweet 16, FDU knocking off Purdue. I mean, just uh, the the disparity with the transfer portal, the the disparity with the, uh, you know. I just forgot the name of it. My gosh, name, image, and likeness. NIL. <laughs> NIL. Uh, it just really is showing in college sports right now that the that the talent is being really equalized. So it's honestly, it's it is a good thing, but not for those people who like um, want the blue buds to win, right? That they don't want to see these teams like a Southern Miss uh, be able to compete with these bigger power of teams. But that's the, that is what is happening. So that's not a bad thing, and obviously. Y'all want to see that as fans, and obviously, we as beat writers want to see that because we like to see good basketball games. So, but, anyways, so I don't think that there's to answer the question, there is no rumors on who they're going to schedule next year. Personally, I would really like to see them schedule an Ole Miss, maybe, or a a Mississippi State. I know that that's probably not going to happen, but that would be pretty cool. Um, I would like to see a non conference game in Reed Green Coliseum that's cooler than like Lamar or something. No offense to Lamar, but I mean, could we get like Alcorn State? You know, could, is that possible? You know, like, I don't think that's too much of an ask. I mean, to have Alcorn State come here, Louisiana Tech come here, you know. Like, I, I think that the non-conference can, can get better, can get more regional than Lamar or, you know, Dillard. I don't know. Just... Random basketball schools like William Carey, that's fun, right? You get a good crowd there for William Carey, from William Carey. And now next year, you're probably a good Slimis crowd. There wasn't a good Slamis crowd this year for William Carey, but there will be a good crowd there for next year. But regardless, no rumors yet. Obviously, um, a good ways out from uh, hearing that schedule. So, uh, Walter Fayton asked, when is the spring game? Um, I th- think it's April 1st. Uh, don't quote me on that. I I want to say it's April 1st. I can check for you really quickly um, when that game is, but I'm hearing for right now that uh that spring training is going really well for Southern Miss. We have not been able to get out there uh yet, at least I haven't. Um but but I'm hearing that the quarterback room is good. Uh, I'm hearing that, you know, a lot of things are good. Uh, So it looks like the spring game will be sometime after April 4th. It is not listed in the schedule we were sent, but it's sometime after April 4th. There is an open scrimmage Saturday uh, at, uh, I don't know what time, but there is an open scrimmage Saturday that you can go to and take your kids and go out to the field, go watch some football and then you can go to the Pete and watch some baseball which is what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this podcast uh selling miss baseball so we'll be right back on well I'll be right back on fourth street sports show because it's just me today everybody else kind of took the day off but you get to hear from me we're about to talk a lot about baseball and answer your questions I'll be right back on the fourth street sports show this is is fourth street and we got mo dogs on 88.5 this year Back on Fourth Street Sports Show, it's just me, as you already know. Those who are listening, just me, Dima Mixon here, live in College Hall, um, back here on the University of Southern Mississippi. Uh, Southern Miss baseball is back in action uh, this weekend. They're going to host the Georgia Southern Eagles this weekend um, to, for a three-game series. You know something about Georgia State? They hosted a regional last year, so this is not a team you know that is going to have. Uh, they're going to be coming ready to play. Uh, This weekend, um, Southern Miss' first game, first pitch set for uh, Friday at 4 p.m., and then a doubleheader on Saturday. So let's jump into baseball. I'm sure this is what everybody wanting to talk about. Not good right now, obviously. I think a lot of people are concerned. Uh, I sent out a poll on Twitter three weeks ago, um, three or so four weeks ago, and I asked, what is your biggest concern for hitting or pitching for the Sutterman's bas- baseball team right now. And the overwhelming favorite was pitching. And that was three weeks ago. I think it was something like 80-20, uh, something like that. I-, I don't have the poll in front of me, but I know that it was definitely, um, definitely heavier on the pitching side rather than the hitting side. So now... Yesterday, I tweeted out a poll Go follow me on Twitter the, By the way, if you haven't Go follow me on Twitter You get a lot of good stuff there At Dima underscore Mixon Make sure you go do that Also, follow all other 4th Street guys They all put out great content Jackson Howell puts out great content Charlie Luttrell puts out great content Austin Lindsey All of those And Nathan Lee You can find all those people on Twitter Just make sure and follow us You can get into the know uh, Just a, sh- a slight little plug there But, um, but you know I, I I put out a poll you know, like I said, 30 years ago, the overwhelming was hitting. Yesterday I put out a poll. The same exact question. What is more concerning for Southern Miss Baseball right now? Hitting or pitching? And the answer, 75% hitting, 25% pitching. I asked people to go ahead and rant. I wanted to hear their thoughts. Let me just run through some of these. Um, let me just run through some of these. Somebody said, "Oh, where's the panic about both, Dima? <laughs> um, Here's the deal, and I think that Ken Rottenberry, if you're listening to this, said this pretty well. The hitting issues started last season and continue and continue to get worse. It seems we either strike out or fly out, and when we do make contact, it's not with authority. It just doesn't appear we're seeing the ball. I think that that's right, right? I think that, like, Southern Miss just for some reason – it's a mental thing right now. And that's exactly what Scott Berry said today when we interviewed him out at uh, Pete Taylor Park. Uh, we interviewed him at Pete Taylor Park, we and he, and he talked about that, that it's more of a mental thing. You know, I, I want to make sure everybody knows these players, they don't want to get out. You know, like they're not trying to get out. I, I hate when people say that there's zero plate discipline, right, uh, because that, that isn't the issue, right? They they have bad plate uh plate. Uh, discipline, because they're trying to get out of a slump. Listen to what Scott Berry said about that. He said, "Go ahead and listen to this clip."
0: Well, you just got to keep instilling to be relaxed, have confidence, quit quit focusing on the outcome of the at bat, focus on the process of the at bat, simplify it. And I think that's that's what's happening right now. Obviously, whenever you get in a slump, you try so hard to get out of the slump, which even just compounds the slump even worse. Mm-hmm. I know that's crazy sounding, and it, and it's easier said uh, than done to just you know say, hey, get up there and and get a hit. You know that's not how it normally works, and uh, so they're not trying to to make outs. And hitting's contagious, and if we can get going for a couple of games and swing the bat. And, get some guys that, that certainly we've been counting on and, and uh, to, to swing and perform like, like we know we can, then, you know, we'll get this thing turned.
1: Yeah, he said when you get in a slump, you try so hard to get out of the slump, which compounds the slump. And I feel like that that's what a lot of some of his players are doing right now. They're they're trying so hard and there's so much pressure on them to get out and start hitting and getting the ball, you know, out the park and start hitting their home runs. When they just need to relax and hit the ball, they just need to play baseball. That's all that's all they need to do, right? They're good enough if they just play their game that the ball will go out of the park some, but they don't have to hit it out of the park, right? They don't have to hit a home run every single at bat. Christopher Sargent doesn't have to hit a home run every single at bat, even though people expect him to. You know, Danny Lynch doesn't expect we shouldn't expect Southern Miss fans shouldn't expect Danny Lynch to hit the ball out of the park every single at bat. And that's kind of the problem right now, that there's so much pressure on these players to get the ball out of the park, to get the the bats going, but people need to chill out. They're fine, right? They're going to figure it out, and just people need to calm down. I think that that's one of the problems kind of with social media, right, that these players are reading all this, they're reading everything that people are saying about Coach Creel, they're reading everything that people are saying about themselves. And they're they're trying to get out of the slump so much that they're just like swinging at everything. And that's why the bad play discipline comes in. But uh, let me just run through, back through uh, this weekend. Uh, So Southern Miss dropped, uh, and we did this on Monday, but just for a refresher, for those who weren't able to tune in on Monday, you can find it wherever you're finding this podcast. Uh, Southern Miss dropped the series to Texas State. You would probably argue they had every chance to sweep. They definitely should have won. They won Friday. They definitely should have won Saturday, and they had opportunities to win Sunday. But you know, when when your starting pitcher goes out in the third inning, it's kind of hard to win a baseball game. Um, a lot of walks issued, and then they they really put a stinker on Tuesday, losing to New Orleans on the road. That those are ones you just you just want to have back. You just can't lose games like that and against lower RPI teams. They've done that twice this year with Valpo and New Orleans. So. Um, but regardless, so well, let's go through it right let's let's hit it, let's hit the questions. and like i said seventy five percent right now for hitting seventy five percent and you know it, it's weird because it's like, Every time the hitting is good, the pitching is bad. But every time the pitching is bad, the hitting is good. So, you you're, you, know, you you kind of want it in the middle, right? You kind of want, I mean, as if you're a Southern Miss fan, I mean, obviously you'd want both to be good. But if you could pick, you would probably want a little bit good pitching, a little bit good batting, right? Um, But it's, you know, I really do think losing the pitching, and, and this isn't an excuse by any means, right? This is not an excuse. But the hitting last year, you know, it it, it wasn't. It was good at times when the hitting was on. This team was was unbeatable. They went on a, went on a fifteen game win streak, and I think that's what they can do here this year. They just haven't been able to do it yet. But once they do it, all these Solar Miss fans, you know, they're gonna they're gonna stop talking about this, and then it's just gonna be like, you no, know, they're fine. Omaha, right? I want to read you off the hitting statistics right now for for uh, for the Sun Belt. Old Dominion is at top. Number one, Southern Miss is 12th. 12th out of 14 teams. Uh, ULM and South Alabama is behind them. Uh, so Southern Miss is batting right now 254. Old Dominion's at a 330, right? And now pitching for in the Sun Belt, Southern Miss is third at a 4.88 ERA. Old Dominion is at first with a 3.62 ERA fielding southern Miss is second to james madison in fielding in the in the uh sbc so here's the deal they're fine they're still at the top of pretty much everything except for hitting and i really do think guys i really do think once the hitting gets going and it will i just want everybody to know that it will get going like this isn't something that's going to stay uh a thing all season you know it might it might like, i don't know it could it could be like this all season but I don't think it will, and I think that uh, Scott Barry knows that. I think this team knows that. He actually said that um, the team is encouraging themselves, but it's up to them. What? Listen to this clip.
0: Well, I think they're encouraging each other to to get out of it, but you know, it's it's up to us, you know, as as a team and staff, players, however you want to look at it. We're all one one team, and and we've got a, we've got a. Make a choice to get out of it. You know, right now it's about attitude and it's about uh, the confidence that it takes. It's about toughness of getting out, uh, getting up there and having quality at bats or getting on the mound and taking the ball and and, and owning the zone and pounding the zone. You know, those are choices and, and it's more of a mental thing than it is a physical thing right now. So we've got to cure that.
1: It's up to us. We're a team and we have to make a choice to get out of it. That's the deal, right? That this needs to stop being, oh, I'm, I'm batting terrible right now, right? I need to hit a home run, all this stuff. They just need to calm down and play the game of baseball, the game that they love. That's what I encourage the Sullivan's baseball team to do. They just need to calm down and play the game of baseball. We still have, you know, there, there's still a crazy amount of time left this season, right? I mean, the, the season isn't ending tomorrow. Right. I mean, we're only a month and maybe a month and a half in. I mean, there's there's still we're there's still ridiculous amount of games left where they can turn this around. So everybody needs to calm down. It's okay. And also, here's another thing before I get to the rapid fire questions about baseball. This schedule for Southern Miss is probably one of the toughest schedules that a Southern Miss baseball team has had to endure. Right, and when you're throwing this schedule against something like 14 pitchers who have not been able to even throw a collegiate pitch come, coming into the season, I mean, guys, nine teams on this on this on the schedule reach an NCAA tournament last season. Nine teams, so that's 24 of the 54 scheduled games. I mean, that's that's a just over a quarter of almost half of the teams they're playing against this season were in the NCAA tournament last season. And uh, Georgia Southern hosted a regional last season out of those teams. Everybody everybody else, I think, didn't. Maybe Dallas Baptist did. I can't remember. But um, regardless, Georgia Southern, who's coming to Hattiesburg this weekend, they were they hosted a regional last year. They had an exceptional team last year. So this is a tough schedule. There isn't any breaks in the schedule so far. I mean, when you look at the schedule right now, I mean, you sweep Liberty, you beat New Orleans, you play a really, really tough Illinois team that can really swing the bat well. Uh, you, you feel good that you could get one of those. You should, I mean, I, I think everybody would say they should have beaten Mississippi State. I mean, that that's they should have won that game, but they didn't. You sweep Dallas Baptist, which is a huge, huge sweep, kind of a revenge sweep. You go to Ole Miss, you, you compete, but Ole Miss is kind of just a, a little bit ahead of this team right now, right? Um, I mean, as they just are, they just are. I mean, admit it. They're, they're just Ole Miss is a better baseball team right now. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And you, you think that if, you know, Slade doesn't ground out right there with the bases loaded, uh, for that double play. I mean that, that game, that game's interesting. Losing to Valparaiso at home on Friday night was probably the worst loss of the season. I would argue besides, besides, uh, New Orleans, that was probably the worst loss of the season. So, um, that was a tough one. But then they came back and won the series. They beat Southeastern Louisiana on the road. They beat Texas State, right? They should have prob they should have beaten Texas State on Saturday to win the series. They didn't. And then they played New Orleans and, and should not have lost that game. So that's four games they shouldn't have lost it. They shouldn't have lost but did because they are just a young team right now. Once they figure it out, they will be fine. I want anybody to repeat that. They will be fine. This isn't a team who we should who fans should be nervous about about even making the tournament. They are fine. They're still 12 and 8. This time last year through 20 games, you know what the record was? 13 and 7. That's not that far off from 12 and 8. That's one game, you know? They just beat New Orleans last year. Oh well. So, come into this weekend with a fresh mind. Forget everything that's happened. And I understand that like last season, you know, this team appeared better, right? appeared better than this team that we're watching this season but but it's the same team like outside of the pitching it's literally basically basically the same lineup adding the number one D1 baseball recruit in the in, Juco transfer in the country and Matthew Etzel and then Tay Parker who went nuts last season in Juco once they find it, they'll be fine. So everybody needs to calm down. So let's hit these uh let's hit these rapid fire questions for baseball, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, like I said, not a long podcast today. Hopefully, trying to get it in just under forty five ish minutes or four fifty minutes. So hopefully, uh, so let's get into these rapid fire questions for baseball, and I'll be happy to answer your questions. So thank you all once again just for sending them in. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, so here we go. So baseball. Um, uh, Polymer Eagle 97 asks, what is the reason for the significant drop-off in hitting with most of our experienced players? Here's the deal. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know, right? Like, I, I'm i at a loss of words as much as you. And the big deal with Southern Miss Baseball right now is Christopher Sargent, right? Like, while yes, like, I understand he's in a slump, but this is a guy who, if you would have told anybody on this, any fan, that Christopher Sargent would be, taken off first base 20 games into the season and they put Carson Pato at first base you would have looked at him like he's crazy this guy went for 20 plus bombs last year he was a beast even with a bad back in the regional he won he was first team all regional last year and so this man he has it in him he just needs a break right and I think that's why uh, when we were at practice out today Carson Pato was warming up at first base so I think you should expect to see him there tomorrow night I think Georgia Southern thrown a lefty, so they may not do that. I don't know, but we'll see. Because uh, Carson's lefty, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, obviously look for that. But you know, you, you talk about uh, him. You talk about, um, uh, you know, Carson Peto at 207, right? I mean, you, you want more out of him. Um, he's got two home runs this season. He's he's been at bat 58 times, and he has 12 hits in those 58 at bats. Sarge has been at bat 68 times with 10 hits. Um, so, you know, you 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 need something better than that right now. Um, Danny, you know, I think Danny's coming along. I think Danny started in a slump, and he's a threat now. So, I think, I mean, he's at 226. Obviously, you want that over 250 probably for him. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't be – I'm not disappointed in, in that. I mean, he's going to figure it out. He's got four bombs this year along with uh, 17 leading the team in RBIs. So, I mean he's an experienced player. You look at Reese Ewing, I mean, he has one home run this year. You probably would want more than that. Um but I mean he's batting at .259, which you're you're good up, good with. Dustin Dickerson who's been uh, been here for a while, he's a really experienced player. I mean, 2.96, almost at 300 batting right now. He's probably one of your best hitters. He's getting some base a lot. He's driven in 10 RBIs and ha- even has a home run. So and then uh, you know, you have Etzel and Parker who are your transfers there at two and three in, in the in the lineup right now. And then I mean Slade, I mean, he's been been raking the ball right now. has five home runs, which leads the team, twelve RBIs, and um and he's batting a three thirty-eight. So, you know, the lineup average wise, you know, seems to be, you know, obviously it's grim down there at the bottom with Sarge at 147. I mean, but if Sarge was at, you know, two. 40 to 260. I mean, you're you might be talking about a 15 and 2 baseball team right now. So I think that that's a huge deal. If Carson and Sarge get going and they start hitting for this team, I don't know if anybody can beat them. Like I'm serious. Like this lineup is set up for success, right? Like this lineup scares opposing coaches. It's not scaring them right now, but it it should scare them. And then you feel confident You know, Tanner Hall, your ace, who's an All-American, I mean, he's your Friday guy for the pitching. Cross coming in behind him. Cross has been unbelievable out of the bullpen. Um, He's appeared nine times, and uh, he's been doing good. Um, He's 1-0, technically. Um, And then you you like what Billy Oldham's done in the midweek. I'm looking forward to seeing Billy against uh, Ole Miss next week. Um, So they, they have the pieces. They just got to figure it out. But I'm sure that everybody's kind of like, oh, well, I mean, we keep hearing that. They need to figure it out. But they're not figuring it out anytime now. So we want to figure them out now. So, yeah, good question. Um, Cassidy Linton Linton asks, why so many errors? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is weird. Like, the error thing is weird. Like, I think they have, I don't know how many errors they have this season. Um, 18 errors this season, 20 errors this season. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it's baseball. Sometimes the the ball bounces weird. Obviously, like, the play against Texas State on Friday night where, like, Tanner thought there was one out. I mean, that's kind of on the scoreboard because he said the scoreboard had one out. Um... So that was kind of weird, but um, you know, I don't know. That's kind of ishy, iffy, iffy. You know, so I don't, I don't have a really good answer to that. But good question. Thank you, for, thank you for the question. And keep sending them in. Um, Cloverleaf Mall, friend of the pod, ask all these awesome questions. Um, he asks. This is not a baseball question, but I'll answer it anyways. With the SEC adopting a nine-game schedule, should the Sun Belt do the same in 2024? Would you trade out a home-and-home with Jacksonville State for more conference games like Georgia, Southern, or Marshall? Also, should we dump divisions going forward in order to play all Sun Belt opponents more frequently? Yes to the second question. I think divisions is stupid. To be honest i've always thought that like i i don't understand like the big 10 obviously people who listen to this know i'm a big 10 guy like why does like michigan or ohio state play like purdue in the big 10 championship game like like what what are we doing i mean how about penn state or michigan ohio state again you know like how about a really good game for the big 10 championship same with like the acc like clemson playing like I don't know. Wake Forest in the ACC. I think they're in the same division. But regardless, like I think divisions just doesn't make sense. If you are going to have divisions, make it where you don't put every single good team in one division and then all the bad teams in the conference in one division. I don't think the Sun Belt is like that. I think it's actually pretty, eh, pretty equal. But but I do think they should dumb divisions. Like I've I've always been an advocate for that. I don't know if I'd put a nine-game Sunbelt schedule. I mean, I think that'd be fun. But a four-game non-conference slate, like, to me, I don't know. It's tough because, like, I, I personally like the non-conference games. Like, I-, I think they're fun, and I think you can make them fun, especially with Southern Miss going to Mississippi State this year and um, Florida State. I mean, those are two cool games. And then you have Tulane at home and then Alcorn. I mean, that's those are fun games. You know, so I think you can make the non-conference fun. Now, obviously, if you're, like, playing, you know, I don't know, random teams that nobody's even ever heard of, then, like, it's not that fun. And then, yeah, I guess you could trade out a a non-conference game to, like, play Marshall, which is pretty cool. But I don't know. I I would say no. I, I would be curious to hear what the other guys would say on that. Obviously, they're not here, but I would be curious to hear that. But, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. But, yeah, um, one more thing about baseball, and then we will get out of here. Um, you know, the walks are an issue right now, and I think that, like, Scott Berry knows that. He actually said that. Uh, you, well, let's hear his clip talking about walks. I asked him about um, – I asked him if, like, the pitchers almost scared to throw a strike. I knew he was going to say no, obviously, but I just kind of wanted to talk about it. And it was a good, good little quote here, so go ahead and listen to this.
0: Maybe no, there. I don't think it's, I mean, obviously, I don't think they're, that, it's scared of those, I wish I knew that answer, you know, um, you know, I think it was actually 13 walks with one of those being intentional and, and a hit batters, but, you know, you're, you're you know, we, we hit more guys this year than we, uh, you know, normally have and, and probably have walked. the walk ratio is a little bit higher than what we're used to, but. You know, we just got to keep plugging along. You know, we've got a lot of new faces that we run out there. And some of the older faces uh, that, that people are familiar with haven't had a whole lot of time, uh, you know, on the mound. So this is their year to, to go out there and grow. And we've got to continue to to uh, nourish them and, uh, and, and develop them and, and help them grow. And it's not just the pitchers, but it's the position players as well.
1: You know, I wish I knew the answer. We just got to keep plugging along. Which is what he says later. We've got a lot of new faces that are we are running out there, and then he talks about the the experienced guys. Here's the deal. I understand. uh, You know, we're 20 games in, right? I mean, I understand the new guys like trying to get out there and stuff, but it's about time for them to start delivering, right? Like, I feel like it's weird because I feel like the batting has like in more O two counts than I can even imagine. But then like uh, the 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 pitching puts uh, the posing team in more two zero counts than I can imagine. So the walks are an issue, and once they really figure that out, I really feel like this pitching staff is going to be able to come into fruition. So, um, I'll I'll stop it there. Um, I, I you know I talked for forty minutes by myself, so I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> but I am a talker, so I probably could go longer. One thing for you to be aware of, um, if you're listening to this, if you're a student at the University of Southern Mississippi and you're interested in Joining Fourth Street Sports Show in any fashion. Please contact us. Right, please, please send us an email. We'd love to have you. We're looking. Um, this season is the last. Season is the last for Charlie, for Jackson, uh, for for Nathan and Austin. Uh, I know it's really sad. I'll be here next season, so. If you do come, you'll be working with me. <laughs> um, but please, if if you're interested in gaining any experience with multimedia sports journalism, with other sports journalists who are students here, you have to be a student here to to join. Please send us an email. Fourth uh, Street, 2022. At groups.usm.edu is where you're going to want to send that email to. Just forward us an email. We'll get back with you. We'll meet with you. Uh, we'll talk with you. We'll we will want you to do a little sample work. Uh, we'll want you to do uh, maybe a little test run with me on the podcast. Uh, we're we're going to have some tryouts here soon. We want to we're going to announce that a little sooner. But again, Fourth Street, 2022. That's four T H S T R E E T. 2022 at groups.usm.edu. So go ahead and email there. If you are a student here and you're interested in joining the team, we'd love to have you. We've had a few people already uh, send us over some emails and we're looking forward to uh, getting some more. So, uh, with that, that's it for me. Um, make sure and, and uh, follow all of our coverage Follow us on Twitter Go ahead and follow us there Go ahead and follow us uh, on our Twitter page For 4th Street Sports Show Go ahead and uh, look for Charlie, Nathan, Austin, and uh, Jackson To follow them as well We'll be out there at the Pete this weekend Covering Southern Miss versus Georgia Southern Should be interesting uh, Quick pick, I think Southern Miss will win the series I do not think they'll sweep I think they'll drop one of the games on Saturday But I do think they'll win the series So, um, But yeah be an interesting weekend. Thank you once again for sending in all your questions. I apologize that it's just me, but that's what you get today. Dio Mixon here from College Hall. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe with the weather, and uh, we'll see you next time. So for myself, I am Dio Mixon. Thanks so much for listening to 4th Street Sports Show. Uh, We'll catch you
0: next time. Come back next Monday at 5 on Southern Miss Radio. 4th Street Sports, baby.